0: The quickest way to self-confidence is to do exactly what you are afraid to do unknown. Hello and welcome to the Taking Back Your Power podcast. I'm Isabel Palacios and I specifically created this podcast to empower and inspire you to create your best life and live a positive existence. Join me as I interview incredible people, share my journey, discuss the law of attraction and guide you into your greatest version. May you always remember your true beauty, your true worth and your true power always come from within. So open your mind and your heart, get comfortable and let's get into it. Hello everyone and welcome back to Taking Back Your Power. And today I am pleased to announce that we have a very special guest joining us. Her name is Mimi Bouchard. She is 23 years old and she runs her very own lifestyle brand that empowers women of all ages. And she runs it currently from France where she is living, which is way cool. And I have Mimi on today to talk about confidence, self-esteem, and anything that we may delve into today. So I hope that this episode is beneficial to you and you enjoy it. So sit back and relax. And Mimi, thank you so much for joining us and for giving us your precious time. I'd like for you to go into who you are and just explain what you're doing and introduce yourself to the audience.
1: Isabel, thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited for today's episode. After we did the podcast um, that you came on to mine last week, I, I just am so excited to be on yours. And I'm so happy I met you. I feel like we are so aligned. Um, but yeah, hi, audience. Nice to meet you. My name is Mimi. Um, like Isabel introduced, I'm 23. I'm currently in France. I'm kind of moving around everywhere at the moment. I'm usually in London, but I am from Canada. So <laughs> very multinational. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I started my own brand uh, about... Five years ago it started off just as like a fashion blog and then it just evolved into a brand that really just speaks to me which I always kind of deep down wanted to do something more lifestyle oriented you know as much as I love fashion it just it wasn't my my passion my my you know main focus and I think it was a great starting point back then but I'm just so happy with how my brands evolved and now it is a whole lifestyle brand for women all about personal development confidence you know just empowerment career Career, money, success, all the good stuff that we all want more of in our life, right? So my whole brand is based around that. I have my podcast, I do live events, I have online courses, I have I have so many different things. Um that kind of relate to that whole lifestyle brand. I'm in the middle of creating my first health and wellness e-commerce website. I'm an investor in a few uh, different companies and yeah, I feel like I, I just do so much and I wouldn't be able to do all of this if it wasn't for all of the personal development that I've been through myself. I used to be Very different. I used to not have a lot of confidence. I used to really struggle with insecurity and caring what people thought about me. And I've gone through a huge transformation, uh, you know, the past six, seven years of my life. I think most of it's actually happened the past three years of my life. And my mission is just to help girls, you know, go through that same transformation if that's what they feel like they need to go through. And I, I think a lot of girls can relate with the fact that, you know, we find it hard to just effortlessly be our true selves and not care what people think, especially when you're younger. And I just, it's such a tragedy because, you know, we're all so special and unique and we, we need to really just step into our power and like your, your podcast name, take your power back. So that's pretty much what I'm all about. And I can go into the nitty gritty and tell you all of my secrets and tips on how I transformed my, my mentality from, from that to my body, to my finances. Like I've really transformed every area of my life and, and I'm
0: happy to share everything, all the good stuff with you today. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. That's, we're here to pick your brain because it's incredible everything you've done so far in your 23 years and all these incredible things. And it's so interesting to me because, you know, we are so similar because I started off doing makeup on YouTube and it segued into, you know, more of a lifestyle, more confidence, more self-esteem. So that's interesting that you also had that shift going on. So I'd love to hear about your journey, what you dealt with when you were not feeling so confident and how you got to where you are now, just stepping into your power, going after your dreams and what held you back in the beginning.
1: That's such a good question. And I wish I had like a solid answer for you. Like, I wish it was one thing that was holding me back. But to be honest with you, I think it was just an accumulation of things. And it was mostly how I was conditioned to feel like I needed to be from such a young age. You know, I I think back and I've done like a lot of hypnotherapy and therapy and stuff kind of looking back on how I evolved into a certain way. Um, I think the problems kind of started when I was like 12, 13. I started really not liking, how I felt about myself, comparing myself, oh my gosh, comparing all the time, comparing to my friends that might have had more money or comparing to, um, you know, the girls that all the guys seemed to like, and, you know, it just really making myself feel like I wasn't good enough in every way, shape or form. And, you know, I was totally responsible for that. Looking back, I wish I could have taken responsibility for the fact that, I was putting all these emotions on myself. Like it wasn't actually those aren't actualities. Like it's not a fact that I wasn't as good as this girl, you know, it it was just in my own head. And I wish that I really practiced more self-love and, and just self-acceptance at that point. So yeah, it kind of started with the comparison thing, you know, I was raised in such a loving family. My parents were still together. Like my sister is so loving. Like she was always so supportive. Like I I can't complain with any of that, but it was really just society and how I just mm-hmm. allowed myself to be conditioned by society to tell me that I wasn't good enough, that I didn't look good enough, that I, you know, wasn't lovable in some way. And, you know, it was really tough because I was given so much love from my family, but for some reason I've rejected it a lot in those like preteen years. And I just really was embarrassed of who I truly was when I was younger, when I was like in my early teens. You know, I don't really tell many people this, but I was... Obsessed with like singing and playing guitar. And I was like, I'm definitely gonna be a singer. Like it was like such a passion of mine to like write music. <laughs> it was the cutest thing. And I had a friend tell me once, like, God, like you're not good enough. How do you think you're gonna, you know, do that? And I swear I have like still PTSD around that like passion of mine because of that. And I'm obviously working on it, and it's gotten so much better since, but like, I still get nervous to even, like, sing in front of, like, my boyfriend. Like, it's those crazy things that just, like, you know, grab onto you over time. And that's just a tiny example. Um, But, yeah, kind of to sum it all up, like, I just cared way too much what people thought of me. I was trying to be someone I wasn't. I wasn't, you know, really confident in my true authentic self. And I think that's what, you know, later on I realized makes me so special is that I'm so unique and that I, I, you know, can do my own thing and, and, and be to the tune of my own or whatever that saying is, you know, be to the, whatever my own, um,
0: (laughs) anyway. um, (laughs) Yeah. So
1: there is so much to it as well. Like it really was a huge confidence issue at the end of the day for me. And, um, you know, I, I just Mm -hmm. wrongly assumed all these things because of what, I was taking from society and from the media and just from, you know, being a young girl in a big city, it was really hard. So, you know, fast forward a few years, my entire teenage years, I didn't feel like the real me at all. I was just covering it up, trying to like seek popularity and, and you know, date a ton of guys and like be a cool, like, you know, no, all yeah. that stuff was BS. Like I really just wasn't even being myself. I just was trying to seek like external validation. And then um, I went to university for a year and had like a total epiphany, um, like quarter life crisis type thing I like to say, but you know, it's mm-hmm. not quarter life. Cause I was like 18. I hope I live a lot longer than that, <laughs> but yeah. yeah. So I, then I read my first personal development book, um, dropped out of university, started my own business and was just like, there's no other option for me. I, I literally had an aha moment. So a lot of people, for a lot of people, it doesn't happen that way, but for me, it did. Um, but yeah, like I, I just started to love myself again. It's been a really, really long process and yes, I had an aha moment, but I didn't start just loving myself right away after that. It was a huge learning process. The aha moment was more about like my life direction and motivation towards, you know, actually pursuing certain things, but it's still a process to this day. I definitely have days where I'm not feeling confident. You know, today was actually one of them. I didn't wake up feeling super great about myself, but I've been working on it and I have tips and tricks that I, you know, consistently have as habits, um, throughout the day to kind of keep me on track mentally. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much my background. (laughs) Props
0: to you for dropping out of university because that in and of itself is scary as heck. And I know that that usually comes from a place of, I'm done with this. Like This is not for me because society puts so much pressure on us to be a certain way or to act a certain way or to go through a path that everyone else is going on. So I'd like to hear about what Was the catalyst for that for going and starting your own business? What exactly prompted you to say, "Okay, I'm done with this old paradigm, and I'm going to shift into something new"? Mm
1: -hmm. It is. It is really tough, and you know, especially when you're the only one doing it and you're just taking this huge leap of faith and just realizing like it was really a realization that I went through the reason that I decided to quit union and, and start my own thing was because I literally had a realization that if I didn't do something different my life wouldn't change and I wanted to have a very different life and I wanted to be an entrepreneur why was I studying social sciences in a tiny university in a small town in Canada? Like, no, like that just wasn't for me. Like, you know, it wasn't on brand for who I deep, like it wasn't on brand for my soul. That's literally, it was not on brand. And yeah, yeah so I, I read my first like personal growthy book. Like I mentioned, The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. Such an amazing book, especially for beginners. Cause it's like, the Bible. It, it literally is like point by point form on, you know, these 67 things. If you follow these principles, you will be successful. And it kind of just opened my eyes to everything. Like one of the the top principles, the first principle in the book is take 100% responsibility for your life. And that alone, like I know it's just so like, it's so basic. It's like, oh, of course, take responsibility for your life. But when you actually think about it, it's like, whoa, we all act like victims 24-7. We all act like someone's going to, you know, show up and give our dream life to us. And that, you know, none of us actually realize Mm -hmm. that, you know, the things that we're doing, the things that we're not doing, they directly affect the the outcome of our lives, right? So then and there, I realized that I just... I needed to to do my own thing because what I was doing in university at that time just wasn't bringing me closer to what I wanted out of life. Like the only reason I was there was a to keep my family happy and to take the risk or the low risk option. Which, in hindsight, was the bigger risk option because I would rather, you know, go through risk in the moment, um, calculated risk, than wake up one morning and look back on my life and and think, wow, I, I didn't do what I needed to do, and that was, you know, that's the biggest risk of all, I think. Anyway, so yeah, I yeah, right, like, so what was the question again? How did I do it? Um, yeah, I just had,
0: yeah, what what prompted you to just leave it all behind, especially with your parents. They were, they wanted you to go to university. So how was that to say, no, I'm not doing this and I'm going to do my own thing. So,
1: you know, I'm lucky. I've always had this really strong gut feeling that has happened a few, a few times in my life. And At this point, when I was, you know, midway, second semester, first year of university, it was one of those gut feeling moments where I was like, oh my God, like I can't get my mind off of it now. Like I've made the decision. And once I make a decision, there's no going back. That happened when I first moved to London four years ago. It happened when... You know I met my my now boyfriend like there were so many moments where I'm like yep this is what's happening and I'm sure of it. So I read this book and it really changed my life um in the sense that like it opened my eyes to this whole personal development field and an industry and I I was obsessed it was addictive but then I also at that time stopped drinking for a little bit and this was huge for me. I was drinking so much my first semester of university because again, social pressure is trying to be someone I wasn't trying to do the the right thing, like what everyone else was doing. No, I was partying like crazy. I felt like absolute crap. And second semester, I came back and I was like, no, I'm, I'm, you know, I want to feel good again in my body. I hate, you know, being hungover. I'm just going to stop drinking for a bit. And it gave me so much clarity, Isabel. Like I was crystal clear. So mm-hmm. going through that as well, and just realizing that i didn 't I, I just didn 't want to be there i didn 't want to end up like these people that I was around, and that was a huge thing too. I, I just looked around myself and I was like i don 't like any of these people i don 't want to end up like them like what the hell am I doing so it was really one of those crazy moments in life where like i wasn 't sure what the outcome was going to be, but I knew that I just had to get out of there and just try so I told my family. I was like, listen, you know, it's too late for me to apply to any other universities. because Initially, I was going to go to a different university, potentially in a bigger city or something. But I was like, no, you know what, just give me a year, give me a year to take a year off, you know, I'll keep you happy. And I'll go, um, I'll, I'll go abroad for a month and do a course abroad, you know, for a few weeks and whatever, like, I'll, I just trust me on this. Like, if I don't have this figured out in a year, then I'll go back to school. So I actually had this this timeline that was really motivating. And, you know, I ended up going to London for a month to do a course, um, on fashion journalism. Remember when I wanted to be a fashion blogger and then, um, networked like crazy. And I was a driven little thing. Like I was networking like crazy meeting as many people as I could decided to move to London, moved to London, was working three jobs, like, you know, waking up at 6am to work at a juice bar, and then worked at a styling agency, and then came home and worked my blog till 1am and then did it all over again. Like it was grinding for a while. And especially because London is so expensive. And, you know, it was so much character building, and I wouldn't change it for the world. So just, you know, life experience and going through As much as you can and not being scared of failure, not being scared of rejection, I think is the best personal growth anyone could ever go through. Yes,
0: 100% agree. That's amazing. And what tips would you have for anyone who's feeling fear and they want to take that leap like you did?
1: Mm, um, Self examine a lot. Like, think, like, actually think what is the worst that could freaking happen? Like at the end of the day, we Mm -hmm. think, you know, going with a safe job, you know, going to a safe university, getting a safe career, it's all safe. It's not safe. It's not Mm risk-free. Like, you know, you're seriously, you you could get your pension taken away, like because of an economic downfall, you could literally lose everything. You could, you know, like there are so many things that could happen. It's life, life. You cannot predict. And even if you want to take the safest route possible, because you want to stay in your comfort zone as much as possible, like that, that's not even certain to begin with. So what is the point? First of all, second of all, you know, doesn't it terrify you the thought of waking up one morning when you're 80 or 90 years old, looking back on your life and saying, Oh my God, I fucked up. Like, Oh my God, I did not do all of those things that I could have done. Cause regret to me is the scariest feeling in the world. And I would get regret over not doing things more than doing things. So that's number two. And number three, Mm -hmm. Like, girl, you got to become best friends with yourself because that's kind of what changed my life. It's when I actually started, you know, being on my team and actually like putting myself first and loving myself more than anything. The second I realized that no one's going to do that for me was the second that my life changed. Like even now, I do a morning routine every morning, meditate every morning and just spend time by myself to get back to me. Because if I'm not feeling like happy with myself, that's when externally my life is you know, full of anxiety or um, I'm not doing enough or I'm procrastinating or I'm just not feeling good. It all goes back to your relationship with, with yourself. And I think fear really stems from that too. So it's like just realizing that, you know, you can do it all and having belief in yourself and actually understanding that, it is possible for you to reach any of your goals. Like you need to first believe it. And I know, Isabel, you talk so much about the law of attraction. It's like ask, believe, receive, right? So, you know, the believe part is freaking important. You can't like doubt yourself because there are no successful, happy people out there that have achieved so much that just are full of self-doubt all of the time. Yes, you have moments of it, but you seriously need to just like prioritize you know your mental hacks and, and just changing your mindset because it all goes back to mindset too, right? There's so many things.
0: Mm-hmm. I'd like to go into that. What tips do you have about changing your mindset or anything about feeling more confident when you have that moment where you're like, oh crap, this is going to be tough. How would you get through that moment?
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. So number one tip, act as if. And this is huge. And this is actually big in the law of attraction space as well. Obviously, you know all about this, but acting as if helps me so much in moments. Like when you're like in the moment, really need a little pick me up, like just act as if you're that kind of person that, you know, would would negotiate a great deal. Act as if the kind of person that is super confident that would get the guy, that would get the, you know, the job, the this, the that, whatever you want in life, act like that kind of person. And, you know, the more and more you do that, the closer you are to becoming her or him, right? So acting as if is huge for me. And then also just ingraining daily habits into your life that kind of keep you in check. So for example, for me, my morning routine is a non-negotiable for me. I do a morning routine full of journaling, affirmations, meditation, like it's, it's me checking up with myself. And that's something that's just non-negotiable. And I'm a different person, you know, if I do it and if I don't do it. And I, for years and years, I half asked it, or I would only do it two or three times a week. And I would see the the huge change. And then a year and a half ago, I just, I was like, no, I I need to do this every morning non-negotiable because, of the huge different ma- difference it makes. So sometimes it's not meditation every morning, but the days, the mornings that I do it, it's a total game changer as well. So I'm trying to integrate that more. Um, but it's really just journaling, putting pen to paper, um, you know, writing what's on my mind and just like getting back in tune with my superwoman self. So that's what I call my like higher self, my best self. I call her my superwoman self. And that's pretty much the version of me that, It has everything that I want, is everything that I want. Her personality is radiant and happy and bright and she's focused and driven and happy and positive and loving and caring. She's so many things. She's everything that I want to be, right? So, you know, that person, I think making up your own superwoman self is really powerful and then holding on to that. So when you're in a moment where, uh, you know, you might not feel super confident or you might be feeling um, anxiety or something, just understanding that your superwoman self is there and she's within reach. So, you know, you can just act as if her, or just talk to her, you know, act as if you are her, I mean, or, or talk to her. Sometimes I talk to my superwoman self and I'm like, girl, like I need a freaking like break. Like, give me, you know, give me advice or, or just, you know, it's that relationship building with yourself. And I know it kind of sounds weird, but it's really helped me. So those two things, you know, creating those daily habits that make you feel good. And also just the realization that, you know, you're in control of your state, right? So there are many different ways to change your state. And that's like, you know, changing the way you speak, speak to yourself, speak to others, the, your posture, your body language, you know, getting up and like doing like a physical movement to get you out of that funk. Like that's also really um, a great way to change your state. But also I think it all goes down to your your self-identity, um, your your belief systems. And that's like the root of everything I actually recently did, an IGTV all about this. Sorry. I don't know if you can hear bells in the background. I live right next to a church in France. It's so pretty. I don't mind it. Okay, cool. Let's just like allow it to, you know, compliment <laughs> this podcast. It's going to go in for five minutes. it will be annoying, but whatever. Anyway. <laughs> Um, What was I getting to? Um, oh, yeah, your self identity and belief system. So this is actually really, really important. And when I, you know, realized the importance behind this is kind of when I saw personal development and confidence and personality hacks and all those things as like a really clear, simple thing, right? Because if you think about it, your identity, your self image is like a thermostat. So if it's set at a certain You know, point. Let's say if it's set at like a seventy-eight in the confidence zone, that and and that's in your self-identity thermostat. Like everything you do is always going to kind of go back down there. So, let's say your confidence thermostat's at seventy-eight. Your money thermostat is at a fifty-two. Like whatever happens in your life, you're always going to subconsciously try to get back to that number because it's like a thermostat in a house, right? Like if you have the air conditioning on and your heater is is you know set, it's a set point. It's set at like. 50, it's always going to kind of, it'll go, you know, hotter to match that if the air conditioner is on or, you know, cool it down if we bring in another heater, you know? So, um, you know, thinking about your self-identity as a set point thermostat is really important because, you know, you can change all these outside circumstances, but unless you change the actual number on the freaking thermostat, nothing will really change long-term. So, Mm. understanding that it's, it's actually really, really powerful. And also understanding that you can change your internal thermostat. It might take a little bit of time, but it's really up to you. And it's like, just, really changing your thought process and your habits because everything we do is freaking habitual. So just kind of changing your thought patterns and the little things that you do throughout the day to change the way that your brain is is wired. You know, it, that's so important. If you want to change your life as a whole, like, you know, everything is kind of you know, linked to each other. How you do one thing is kind of how you do everything is is what I really believe. So if you do something with passion, like you're probably going to do everything in your life with passion. So just kind of changing Mm -hmm. the little things to kind of make a bigger picture. Right. So that's a huge realization that I had that seriously changed the way that I I see
0: growth and and bettering ourselves. Yes. And you know, it's funny because if you think about a lot of people in their twenties, we look at our whole life and we're like, Oh, you know, we judge our life either negative or positive based on our current circumstances. We think, Oh, right now I'm going through heartbreak. I'm single. Or right now I'm don't have much money. I'm broke. I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. So we automatically look at our entire life as a big, kind of like a big mountain we have to scale. And we get really overwhelmed and apprehensive, but The way we make this big mountain of our life look a lot easier or for it to go in our favor, we have to get down to the specifics of our daily routines and our daily habits. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't understand is that stop looking at your life and seeing it as I'm having, you know, this crisis. We have a lot of existential crisis when we're young, you know? So we think, oh my God, like, how am I going to get through this? But if we just take it day by day and break it down and we're like, okay, today I'm going to meditate, today I'm going to journal and keep working on those small little things, it'll eventually add up and make our life less scary. Because I think, that's the thing that a lot of people deal with is being afraid, being afraid of the unknown and the comfort zone. So that's really good that you went into that and you actually, you know, talked about that because I think we have to, instead of trying to make our life, you know, fix the big picture, we have to just be honest with ourselves and our daily habits and what we're doing. Are we on our phone too much? Are we eating too much junk food? Are we just living for other people? Or are we actually doing things every day that will eventually align with what it is that we're trying to get out of the future. Yeah, you totally... this is... Yeah, yeah.
1: no, you hit the nail on the head there, honestly, Isabel. Like, that's exactly it. It's those little things. And, you know, it's just taking control of those little things just affects your life in such a positive way like as much as we all want to go to that habitual feeling of you know procrastinating being on social media too much overeating eating junk food you know living for the weekend like not actually sitting down and thinking I as much as that's comforting it's not living I want to feel alive and I actually have a tattoo on my wrist and it says the word alive in my handwriting and it literally is because I'm so obsessed oh. with, you know, the the thought of of just I want to feel alive 24 seven. I want to, you know, live as as passionately as I can 24 seven. And I I struggle with that often. So like you were we were talking earlier, like I want to be so real on this podcast. I want to be so real to everybody that listens to my stuff that watches my stuff because, you know, if, if I'm not relatable and I just put on this perfect act then how does that give other people hope? And how is that genuine, right? And that's that's not what I want to give off. So I'm going to be totally honest here. I struggle with... That every single day I struggle with not feeling alive enough with feeling too numbed because I sometimes do struggle with, you know, being on my phone too much being, you know, mindlessly scrolling or like overeating or like all those things that so many of us, um, you know, get numbed out by like I totally struggle with that. But it's the biggest thing ever. Is not trying to prevent you from quote messing up. It's about your bounce back rate. So that's something I talk about a lot. Mm. It's about how quickly can you realize that you st- staring at your phone and comparing yourselves uh, to people on social media for you know two hours, like how how what's your bounce back rate? How quickly can you get out of that funk and put your phone down and be like, okay. Moving on. Like, I don't like how I just did that for an hour. My brain now hurts and I'm just don't feel good about myself. How do I, you know, like moving on? Like, what's your bounce back rate? Because initially, you know, we like to think like, oh, I'd just rather be perfect. But the idea of perfectionism is literally what kills us. And that's what's, you know, that's coming from a perfectionist myself. Like, you know, sometimes I'll be like, oh, I've been so good today. And then I do something, quote, bad. I don't know, like procrastinate or, you know, eat something bad or whatever. And then I like freak out sometimes, or I used to more freak out and then be like, oh, I've ruined the day. Might as well mess it up even more. And that mentality is so detrimental. If you just in those moments said, okay, I forgive myself. I love myself. I'm going to do something that makes me feel good now. You know, like your life would literally change so much. And we're so all or nothing. And that's amazing. We're passionate human beings. We can be, you know, all or nothing a lot, but At the end of the day, it's so bad to think that way. So that's something that's really you know, helped me is just realizing it's more about the bounce back rate than
0: it is about being perfect. Yes, that's beautifully said. Thank you so much for sharing that because I think that's, kind of something that I go into as well in what I teach is perfectionism. I don't want people to think that you have to be perfect to be a spiritual person or to, you know, even using the law of attraction, it's not about perfection because nothing in the universe, and this is something Dr. Stephen Hawking went into as well, that nothing in the universe is perfect, nothing. And we have to understand that as humans, that if we try to attain this level of perfection, we're always going to feel like we're coming up short. So it's important that we find what works for us and what's our truth and who we truly are. And that's something that you talk about as well, that being confident and finding self-esteem and feeling good about yourself is not about being like anyone else, but it's about being more you. So I'd like to hear more about social media because you do have a pretty large following on Instagram and you have beautiful feed. And I want to hear your thoughts about what it's like to be an influencer, quote unquote, I don't like that term, but, you know, being an influencer on Mm -hmm. social media and do you believe that social media helps our confidence or does it negatively affect our confidence? Mm
1: -hmm. Great question, babe. It could do either or. It can literally do either or. And I think that's why so many people say, you know, watch out social media is so harmful. Like it, it, it is if you follow, those types of people. So I've had to, you know, I often go through phases where I go through everyone I'm following and I unfollow a ton of people. Um, you know, and then now I I'm following a ton of like, you know, investor accounts and, and positivity accounts and law of attraction account, literally we're the same person. Um, but no, like it's really who you follow, but then that's one aspect of things. The other aspect I think is just the overconsumption of technology and like getting really numbed out. Like I was talking about before, like, even if it is positive content, I think like just limiting our time on screens is really important as well because I actually feel like my brain cells die when I'm just staring at a screen all day, even if it is, you know happy quotes and stuff like if I'm just scrolling to get my mind off of something like there are healthier ways to deal with anxiousness and stress and the feeling of uncertainty which I currently struggle with a lot my life is kind of up in the air at the moment like with a lot of things with work I'm like living between London France and Canada like I'm literally all over the place and I think that you know uncertainty and that feeling of of just the what if really gets to me sometimes and I often go to social media or go to you know, like being numbed out in a certain way. Um, thank God I don't use like drugs or alcohol or anything. But like, you know, sometimes I feel like I just like, ugh, I just don't want to do anything. And that's okay, too. Like, listen, you're allowed to do that. But like going back to social media, I think just, you know, limiting your time on it and only following accounts that make you feel good. And, you know, just... I, I personally have unfollowed all of those meme accounts that are like really self-deprecating because like all of those are not even funny to me it's like oh like the feeling you get after you know getting effed up for like four days straight and you're hungover and I'm like ugh like I don't really want to see that kind of stuff it's just really depressing and like not relatable for me so like I follow unfollowed all of those accounts but going to like my social media myself, like, totally, I I struggle, you know, like, I feel like there is, it it sucks that the photos that I post where, you know, I look really, you know, like, sexy or something, Mm -hmm. I get so many more likes and Mm -hmm. comments and engagement. And then it's like, the motivational quotes, or, you know, motivational IGTV is like, don't get as as much engagement at all. And that like, I really struggle with because I'm like, okay, when my engagement's high, I gain more followers, brands want to work with me more X, Y, and Z. And then it's like, but is this my truth? So I'm really actually in this turning point right now where I'm trying to kind of post the perfect balance of like empowering and aspirational and motivating and positive content all in one. Um, I don't want it just to be bikini photos, even you know, if those photos technically do the best engagement wise, like I just can't really relate to just posting that. I don't want to be like everyone else. Like this kind of goes back to what I was struggling with in high school. Like I was just trying to be like everyone else. Right. And it wasn't the true me. Like I used to only really post like that, those kind of photos, like not really the true me I'm moving out from that space now. Like I'm trying to find a tribe that want to follow my accounts that are really just committed to bettering themselves and not, I don't want to fe- make anyone feel like crap by posting super like posy edited photos. Like it's just not really my vibe anymore. So yeah, I'm kind of like in a transitional time um, with Instagram at the moment. I feel like video and audio really is more powerful to me and my audiences. Like I, I think my podcast audience is like my, my OG girls, you know, like those, the people that listen to my podcast are like my actual real tribe because they really just listen to me for the content that I love to share and talk about. And they, they really know me deep down. Um, whereas on Instagram, it's a little bit more fake and I just don't really know how to like manage Posting super real content with a feat, with like while maintaining a feed that looks good. Do you know what I mean, Isabel? Like yeah. it's really
0: hard. And that's the thing. I think it's just the nature of Instagram, it is just all photos and it's more of an aesthetic kind of vibe. Whereas if you were to go on Twitter somewhere, you know, somewhere else, I mean, I don't use anything other than Twitter and Instagram, but usually Twitter is people being more, you know, open and saying stuff. And I, for me, I feel like Twitter more negative than Instagram would be, you know, and I think it's because people are only posting their highlights. their pretty photos. And I totally resonate with that because At the beginning, whenever I was, I wasn't so much into the self-help, and it was kind of more my Instagram was more personal, so it was just really about my life. It still kind of is. I mean, I'm not like an expert, like I'm nowhere on your level, Mimi. But I I struggle with that because I'm like, do people want to see photos of me? Like, I I'm talking about, you know, law of attraction, spirituality, confidence, and It's a really hard thing to do because at the same time, you are trying to build a brand. Deals and things like that, you want to look good. And anything that's quote unquote less than perfect, a lot of companies and brands don't want to work with that. So that is what I think the big issue with Instagram is. And I think a lot of the women and young women, especially who follow influencers and things like that, understand that Instagram is not real life. I think that you know people say that enough but it's not real life and also think of it as a business and businesses have to look good in a certain way in a certain light and I'm glad that you were open about that Mimi because you know people would scroll through your feed and be like this is a you know another beautiful girl she knows all you know she's super confident she's super this she has it all and you know a lot of times that's not the complete reality yes we have great wonderful days but also we're not posting the moments where we're feeling sad or we're feeling defeated or we're feeling anxious, you know? And I also think it's beautiful how you on your stories, you are more open and vulnerable and you are more real. So it's like, mm. you know, the feed is kind of like a, like almost the, the book cover, you know, it's pretty, it, it catches your attention. But if you click on your stories, it's more your life, who you are, what you do on a daily basis. And I think that's beautiful. It is about striking a balance, like you said. Mm, exactly. And listen, this is actually
1: motivating me to post more real content. Cause I, you know, I know a lot of people that do it, but it's hard to just maintain a nice feed. And my aesthetic touch does not like an un-aesthetic feed. So I'm going to try to, to see how, how to make it work. I think doing more IGTV is like with you know, confidence tips, positivity tips, like all the personal development stuff and, and success stuff that I like to talk about. I think doing that, is, is something on my on my kind of to-dos. Um, but yeah, I, I love to post stories that add value as well. I think that's the main thing with social media. Like I really want to add as much value as I can to these people's lives, right? Because what's the point? Like I, I don't want to follow people that don't add value to me. I don't want to follow people that just, you know post meaningless stuff like i my mission is to make personal growth and spirituality and all that stuff like really cool especially for people our age and you know thankfully this trend is getting bigger and bigger but like i i think you know what I, I think me posting like cute photos and also posting quotes like it's fine it, it is on brand for me i'm just trying to kind of be you know more real as i can and i do struggle like i actually really admire the instagrammers that can post like you know, the unattractive photo and then like swipey to make it like the, you know, Instagram versus reality type thing. Like I just can't do it yet. Like I, I but I think that's okay too. Like baby steps, Mimi, like I'm so freaking real on my podcast. I'm really real in videos. I don't do that much YouTubing, but I do post some vlogs sometimes. Um, you know, and, and with everything that I do, I'm just trying my best. And I think that's the most important, um, you know, all in all. So Yeah. That's pretty much what it is. with social media.
0: Yeah. And, and that's true is doing your best. You are doing your best. You are giving out a ton of value in your content. So I think, you know, we shouldn't judge just by feeds. If somebody were to go on, you know, my Instagram or your Instagram and say, Oh, they have a perfect life. They shouldn't judge the whole picture by this feed because at the end of the day, It's okay to post nice photos of yourself. You know, it's okay to feel yourself. It's okay to, you know, say, Oh, I look great today. I'm going to post a photo of, or I went to this amazing place on vacation and I want to share the beauty. I think it's about putting out that good vibe and that good intention. I'm all about, you know, intention. And when I post photos, it's almost like, you know, I don't want anyone to envy me or to be jealous of my life. I want people to see what's possible. I want people to see that, yes, you can have, you know, these wonderful experiences in life because going back to the whole thing you're talking about of feeling numb, it's so funny that you said that because a lot of what has guided me throughout my own life and going after my goals and dreams is that idea that I don't want to live an ordinary life. I don't care if I look crazy to anyone else. I don't care if people say, oh, you're not going to be successful, whatever. I just want to live a life that feels good to me. And even if I'm not the party girl that I was or whatever, you know, even if I'm more of a homebody now, or I don't like to drink or whatever, That's okay because that feels good to me. Like, I would much rather, you know, save my money, go on a really nice trip, have champagne, you know, in business class or first class. And that to me, I love that. I love that. And I think it's about being authentic to what feels good to you and what feels right to you and striking that balance again between, you know, being relatable, being open, and also, does this feel okay to me? Because also, Mimi, I don't know if you resonate with this at all, but one thing that I have struggled with is opening up so much of my personal life out there. And I think, you know, a lot of people ask me, you know, post more vlogs of your daily life and things like that. And to me, I like to protect my energy in that sense. And I feel like social media has opened up so much to not just good people, but also people who might look at us and be like, oh, you know, these girls, whatever, you know, I've gotten so much hate in the past, you know, online. And I almost feel the need to protect my energy, protect my life, protect, you know, my personal life, especially. Do you feel that on social media or do you feel that it's easy for you to be open and vulnerable when it comes Mm. to your personal life?
1: Great question. Honestly, I go through phases and uh, for some reason now, I I don't currently feel like I need to hold things back per se. Um, I have in the past um, from an energetic point of view the more that you post on social media, the more draining. So I completely agree with that aspect of things. Um, but you know, I I, I don't think if, if you want to be an influencer or you, you are an influencer, I don't think you need to post everything. Mm-hmm. I think there are certain niches and you can post what you want to post and keep things private. Like, for example, I keep my relationship really private with Ben, my boyfriend. And not gonna lie, that is mostly because he is not a huge social media person. And we just naturally, when we're together, we don't really like, we're not really on our phones that much. And like, he, like, we're both quite private in that sense. Um, but, you know, don't get me wrong, like, I do always try to like get him in some photos and all that stuff. But I think with that aspect of my life, I'm pretty, you know, private with it. And that's actually, you know, in retrospect, I've never even thought about this, but. That's probably why our relationship is so special to me. Um, you know, one of the reasons it's cause it is just ours mm-hmm. and I don't have to prove anything to anyone with it. It's just ours. So I think with me and my, my personal life and my personal current experiences and my transformation, I'm very open, but with other aspects like my relationship or, um, you know, my business struggles, I sometimes don't really talk that open about, um, you openly about, but yeah, there are certain things I feel really comfortable with and other things that I really don't. But from an energy perspective, like just the more energy you put into something, the more you feel depleted. Right. So it's like, if you spend all day trying to just like show your life on social media, whatever it is, you're going to feel pretty depleted. Um, But I I do feel better when I'm not posting as much. Um, But it also depends on the quality of content. Right. So when I'm releasing podcasts, I feel sometimes more energized from it because that really just like speaks to my soul. Um, but if I feel pressure to like post a lot of Instagram
0: posts, then I definitely am, am not as energized for sure. Yeah. That's interesting because when we do things that are more aligned with who we truly are, we feel that, you know, that invigoration almost, we feel excited, we feel inspired. And I want to ask you, what would be your tips on just anyone who's trying to start a lifestyle brand or do what you're doing? Mm-hmm. There's so much to it. Literally so
1: much. And first, the first thing to think, it's not saturated. You know, if, if everybody didn't do what they wanted to do in life because they had the excuse of, oh, the industry is too saturated. Nobody would get anywhere, literally. So number one, I don't know if this person listening has that, but don't have any self doubt because whatever you want to do, it's, it's literally possible. Like your potential is literally endless. So if you want to start a lifestyle brand, get into the public eye or, you know, build a social media following and really basic a career around it, I would say just learn as much as you can and start before you think you're ready. You know, as a perfectionist, and I know, Isabel, you can really relate to this probably like we really when we're starting projects want to wait until it's perfect before releasing it. But the best thing that I've learned in life and in business and in my career is that like, you know, stop waiting, just do it. If, if your first product is good. Then you started too late. Like your first product is, it needs to be bad. Look at all of like the top YouTubers, top bloggers, their first videos and posts were crap. Like absolute crap. They might've deleted it by by now, but yeah, you just got to start and learn as much as you can. Seriously, learn as much as you can and just, you know, immerse yourself in, in, you know, learning and, and just not copying, but just like watching people that have already done what you want and look at what steps they've taken to get there. And, you know, maybe have it as a side hustle while you're working another job and, you know, really just focus on what your niche is. And I think the biggest piece of advice as well is do something that you really are passionate about. Because when I first started my you know, fashion blog back five, six years ago, I I wasn't deeply passionate about it. I hate writing about fashion. Like, I I don't know why. I think that was like my, my, my ticket into like doing something creative. And that was what I was comfortable with at the time. Cause it was been, it had been done before, like personal development, you know, was really just a new thing in, in social media terms um, back then too. And, you know, I kind of just wanted to do something with a bit more of a comfort zone. So if I could go back in time, I would just start talking about what I was actually passionate about so really make sure that it's something that you feel like you can really do and that you know make it as different as possible so that you can stand out and you know put out quality content and and you know document more than create that's a huge other tip that I learned from Gary V uh, I don't know if you know him but he talks about yeah so yeah. he talks about documenting other than creating, because when you document, um, you know, it's so much easier to create content. Whereas when you're creating, often it's like, you just end up not even recording or taking the photo because it's like so much effort in like coming up with the ideas. So what I try to do a lot is like document my life other than creating um, specific content. Obviously creation is so important when it's like sitting down for like a how-to YouTube video or something, but like from your day-to-day life, just like document a lot more and delegate what you're not good at and come up with something really, really, you know, unique and go for it and don't give up.
0: Yeah, I love that. That's so true. And you know, Gary V to anyone starting, you know, trying to start a brand online or getting into social media or just anything, always go to Gary V. He seriously inspired me so much during the beginning of my journey and obviously for you too Mimi. So, thank you for putting him out there cuz I cannot talk enough about him. And That's interesting that you also mentioned him because I've been noticing a shift kind of in his own content. Where when I first started watching him, he was really into the heavy hustle culture, which, you know, here in America, that's seriously a thing because we are so money and career oriented and we're so workaholics in our culture. And I don't know if it's like that for, you know, in Canada and obviously in Europe, it's not really like that, you know, but has that affected you at all in hustle culture and just always? you know, grinding or have you found some, you know, a good balance in between the hustle of owning your own business and how draining that can be and, you know, having the life on the side?
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Oh my goodness. When I'm grind mode and I can get into grind mode and you know, I, I'm very lucky that I'm an extremely driven person at the core. So if I want something, I am like hustle mode 24 seven until I get it. And it is a burnout for me. It is not healthy. Mm -hmm. I am not mentally, you know, balanced when I'm in that mode. So I'm trying so hard to really have that balance and not be so all or nothing. And like we were talking about before, it's more about, you know, just finding that perfect balance and also with the balance back rate. So if I feel like absolutely exhausted from working all day and hustling all day, I will take the time to, you know, or I'll try to put the time away to just turn off technology and go on a walk. Mm-hmm. Like going on a walk is so good for me to balance out everything because I just pop in my headphones, listen to some jazz music or a nice calm podcast or like a really nice audiobook and I just walk. And I it just de-stresses me and it really helps. But the hustle kind of mentality, listen, like at the end of the day I agree to a certain extent that like to be successful you need to put the work in and you need to do what other people are not willing to do but there is a way to do that while also being healthy and balanced and I think that is the most incredible and most sought out thing in life is to find that perfect balance because what is life and and happiness if it isn't you know if you don't feel good and just, I think everything just goes back to feeling good. Why do we want to have a lot of money to feel good and to feel safe? Why do we want to have, you know, strong, fit, lean bodies to feel good, to feel energized, to, you know, look good in society's standards that are, you know, just (laughs) not what everyone should be seeking out. But anyway, um, you know, why do we want to do the things that we want to do to feel good, right? Like it all goes back to that. So, I think the hugest thing that I've learned the past few years with personal development is is just really living in the moment as much as I can and whether that's just taking a beat, a breath and, you know, going into the mirror or going to the bathroom and looking in the mirror and just like looking at myself in my eyes and like saying an affirmation, which I love to do. And I think that actually is a huge tip that so many of my girls have done. And it really, really works because it takes you out of your comfort zone instantly because like who looks in the mirror and talks (laughs) themselves, right? So that's a huge tip to kind of get out of that and change your mentality. Um, just really just being kind to yourself, taking care of yourself, because if you do practice self-love and self-awareness, you're not going to go hustle grind 24 seven because it doesn't feel good. Right. So finding that perfect balance and like having discipline, but also knowing when to not be
0: so hard on yes, yourself. That's beautifully said. I love that. And you know, it's funny because a lot of us, I think it's also about feeling natural. You know, what feels good to you? Because a lot of us, and I Personally, I love just, you know, shutting into my office and just working, you know, for hours at a time. I love that so that, you know, I can have free time the rest of the week. And I think that's probably something that as entrepreneurs, we like to have free time. You know, we like to have our own schedule and be free. And it's also important to realize, you know, we have to. Do what feels good to us. If it feels right to us to work straight for 12 hours straight and then have the rest of the week off, then do that, you know? And I think it's about just finding that balance and being true to what your goals are because what can work for you might not work for me or what might work for me might not work for you or anyone listening. So it's about trying different things as well. And I, I love how you put that, Mimi. I wanted to ask you, you know, kind of going back into the whole confidence thing and. What is your experience so far with confidence? What do you feel that right now is making you the most confident?
1: Mm. Wow, that's a great question. What makes me feel confident? It is honestly just self-examining and being my own friend. And I keep—I I know I keep saying this—but when I feel really confident and good about myself, it's—it's it's literally just when I feel happy with myself as a human being. You know, my confidence is at its highest when I am giving back to the world and I feel really good and I'm not self-deprecating in any way. And I wake up early and meditate and love my life because I deserve it. Right. And I think my self-confidence comes from doing my best as well. And that finding that perfect balance between the hustle and, you know, balance kind of area. I I think when I am working towards things and achieving, I feel really good about myself as well. Um, I love to improve of every aspect of my life, but, confidence really, really comes for me when my relationship with myself is in check. And there are so many things that I do to, to achieve that. So like I was telling you, my, my daily habits, my daily check-ins, you know, the way that I think, the way that I speak to myself, so important. And you know, more and more these days, I feel more confident than ever, and it's crazy because looking back, I I can see you know myself from two years ago, and it really was like only a couple times a week I felt authentically confident, and now it's just evolved into more and more, and it's now it's like every day, more times than not, I would say on, on my good weeks. But you know, again, don't get me wrong, I go I go through funks, and sometimes my funks last days, mm-hmm. and and you know that's really long for me, and I, I just. When I get back to doing it for me, that is when my confidence comes back, and that is when I actually want to put the work in for my better life because it 's not a it 's not a fight it 's not me against me it 's me doing this for me beautiful
0: I love that it 's not <laughs> a fight it 's not me against me, and that 's so important is that We feel from society that we have to change ourselves, that we have to change who we are in order to fit in or to be successful or to be viewed in a positive light. But actually, it's about how do you feel about you? How do you see yourself? And that is all confidence is. So thank you so much for summing it up that way because a lot of people forget that we think that confidence comes from looking a certain way or from acting a certain way or having, you know, all these external things like money or your relationship or your boyfriend or girlfriend or you know how old you are and that's not where confidence stems from it's really about like you said, you know, checking in with yourself, being self-aware, knowing who you are And doing things that align with who you are and that will mend that relationship with yourself, right? So Mm, thank you. Exactly. That was so beautifully said. And you just gave us so much information on so many different topics and you are so inspiring. And I just want to tell you, you know, being 23 and having all of this beautiful wisdom, I know that that came from a lot of struggle. That came from a lot of introspection and that came from, you know, not having everything so easy easily. And I think we should embrace the struggles that we have in our life not because, you know, they feel good or whatever because we all have struggles, but it's about allowing ourselves to learn from that. And if the world around you doesn't fit to your life, then that does not mean that you have to fit around to the world around you. You can create your world, you can create the life that you want. And I just want to hear from you. One last question before we wrap up here, what tips do you have or what advice, what little nugget of advice would you like to leave the audience with today?
1: Oh my God, this is so hard. I want to tell you everything that is in my brain. (laughs) Oh my goodness.
0: Whatever flows, let it come out.
1: My last piece of advice or nugget of wisdom for you guys is realizing, and I know I've said this before in, in today's episode, but I cannot stress enough. You are capable of anything that you put your mind to. You are literally capable of everything and anything, and if you just knew your power, if you literally could just see where your life could be in two years, five years, if you actually focused and practiced self-love every day and worked on yourself and, you know, stepped into your ultimate you power, crazy superwoman self, if you could only see that, you it's like it's like so many of us don't realize that's in us you just need to understand that like it is a fact you can become anyone that you want to be in your life and it's like you just you can do it and so many of us for so long just don't believe it's possible but the biggest thing you need to change your life to go through that transformation to become more you than ever before is that feeling of of just belief that you can literally be whoever you want to be and you can start right now. You don't need to start when you lose five pounds, when you do this, when you do that. No, you can literally start right now and your self-image is everything. The way that you see yourself, it could be so different to how somebody else sees you. You just got to literally fake it till you make it. Like put your, you know, change your self-identity. I know it sounds way easier said than done, but like do the work, put the work in, you know. Try to change how you think about yourself, how you think of the world. You know, hang out with people that make you feel amazing. Like you're an average of the five people that you surround yourself with most. Only, you know, allow positive people into your space. It's going to be hard at first. I've cut out so many people for my life, but it's so important do that, you know, put like actually putting the work in for your self-development is going to be the most worthwhile thing you will ever do in your life. And I swear, if you're listening to this and you're around our age, especially like, you know, you are so lucky even being exposed to this. Like my mom always says, my mom's actually the one that introduced me to personal development. And she says to me, she's like in her fifties, she's like, Mimi, if only I knew, what you knew, or what you know now, when I was twenty three, like she's like, my life could be totally different. She's like, I swear, like I, I would go, I, I would go through life in a completely different way. She's like, you, you, you need to see the value and how you're just being exposed to all this stuff at, at your age because back then, you know, there wasn't the internet, there wasn't all this social media stuff. So, just being aware of how lucky you are that you have so much potential and you have literally free information online and you can become and be whoever you want to be. So just seeing, you know, the gratitude in that and just understanding
0: at a core that you can literally be whoever you want to be. Yes. That is so beautiful. And I love that your mom said that to you because I feel like a lot, you know, past generations, they don't have what we have now. And that's so important, whether you are starting a business or whatever it is that you decide that you want to do or want to be, you can do that. We're living in an era now where there is so much information out there that we're not being held back by the old paradigm, the old ways of doing things. We're in a new era of awakening, if you want to call it that. And I think right now is a time for you to just go for the life that you want because nobody's going to hand it to you. Nobody's going to come and, you know, change your life for you. It all starts from within and it all comes from within. And that is so important. Thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom, Mimi, you are so inspiring to me. I hope you, you know, inspired everyone today that's listening to just go for it. Just stop waiting and stop, you know, waiting for anyone to come and save you. Stop waiting for your circumstances to change. You change your circumstances. You change your mindset and it's totally possible. And if anything, you have YouTube, you have podcasts, you have Google, you can go online, figure out, you know, everything that you've probably learned and I've learned, you know, we had to go out and Search for it. We had to go out and find it. It didn't come to us. We didn't have, you know, a, a school, you know, a class teaching us this in, in university. We had to learn it ourselves. And that's so very important. And yes, now for women, it's the best time ever. A lot of more women are starting their businesses. A lot more women are starting their side hustles, going out there, getting what they want. It's not our parents' era anymore. It's not our grandparents' era anymore. It is so, so, so wide open for all types of people to get in, men, women, anyone, to just go for what they want. And the future, we're shaping it. You know, our collective consciousness, all of us, if we be more positive, we be uplifting to people around us, we decide for what we want, we go after what we want, the future is ours to take. So, Thank you so much, Mimi. It's been such a pleasure to have you on, and I'd love to have you on, you know, in the future for other because we could talk about so many different things. So, Yeah. we could even get into the law of attraction next time if you want. Because I oh my god, I- why? we didn't even talk about that. I <laughs> need to pick your brain about that. <laughs> yeah, and also I did an episode on Mimi's podcast. She has a podcast called the Mimi B Podcast. And I will link it in the description of this podcast. You guys can go listen to the episode I did with her as well. And we delved into a lot of great topics. So also Mimi, let us know, where can we find you? Oh my God. Yes. First of all, you guys definitely need to listen to the podcast. Um,
1: It's going to be live, I think. Well, I guess when you post this, it'll obviously already be live. Um, I'm going to post it next week. But anyway, you guys can find me on my podcast, the Mimi B podcast, M-I-M-I-B-E-E. And you can also find me on Instagram at Mimi Bouchard and yeah, mimib.com as well. Um, And that's pretty much it. Thank you so much, Isabel, for having me on. I'm obsessed with our conversations and I know that I'm going to know you for a very long time. I'm so happy that we met. (laughs) We are so aligned
0: and just thank you. Yes, and thank you too. And I can't wait to finally meet you in person. Maybe, you know, when you come here to the States or I go over to Europe, we can meet up and maybe we can do like a joint podcast or like a video on my channel Mm -hmm. because you are definitely like, I want to expose my audience as much to you because you're amazing. And I'm so grateful that you shared your time with us. So thank you everyone for tuning in. And if you guys would like more content, of course you can find me on Instagram or find this podcast on Instagram at Taking Back Your Power. So thank you so much to everyone and always remember this, no matter who you may be in this life, no matter what you may look like, no matter what you're dealing with, your true beauty, your true worth, and your true power always come from within. I love you all and I can't wait to have you on next week's episode of Taking Back Your Power. Bye-bye.